Welcome to installment 316 of Sefer Mitzvahs from the Rambam. Today's portion contains three commandments, again relating to the conduct of a Jewish court. Prohibition 310 is the prohibition from allowing someone that practices witchcraft to remain alive. One must rather execute such a person. Positive commandment number 224 is to apply the punishment of malchus or, or lashing on the prescribed occasions. And prohibition number 300 is the prohibition from adding on to the prescribed number of lashes. Previously in the laws relating to idol worship, the Rambam discussed the prohibition against witch practicing witchcraft. The penalty for witchcraft is the death penalty. However, here comes an additional commandment upon the Jewish court. As we learned in previous shiurim relating to the obligations of the court, once the death penalty has been determined, it is a positive commandment on the court to carry out that death penalty. However, when it comes to the someone who is guilty of practicing witchcraft, there is an additional mitzvah involved. Not only is there a positive commandment to kill the person by inflicting the, the death penalty, but also there is a prohibition against allowing them to live. And this is a special prohibition applying only to a witch. As we learn from the book of Exodus, chapter 22, verse 17, You are not allowed to allow a witch to live. And this is Prohibition 310, the prohibition against allowing a witch to exist, allowing a witch to live. Therefore, in the case of anyone else who is guilty of a crime punishable by death, if the Jewish court does not inflict it, there would be nullifying the positive commandment of inflicting the death penalty. Should it be a witch, they would be violating two commandments, the same positive commandment for not inflicting the death penalty and the prohibition against allowing the witch to live. The Talmud tells an amazing story regarding this commandment of, not, of killing off witches relating to Shimon ben Shattach. As the Talmud tells the story of a student who was revealed in a dream that Shimon ben, Reb Shimon ben Shattach was due to receive a terrible heavenly punishment because he had not wiped out the witches of his time, that there were a great number of witches in the city of Ashkelon, and Reb Shimon ben Shattach, the head of the Sanhedrin, did not kill off these, these witches. When the student woke from his dream, he told Reb Shimon ben Shattach the dream. And he resolved upon himself to exterminate all of the witches in Ashkelon. And he devised a plan by which to take care of these witches. He waited for a rainy day and then stored up 80 raincoats with 80 containers for the raincoats and then called 80 of his students, corresponding to the 80 witches that he knew existed in the caves of Ashkelon. And he gave each of his students a raincoat and a container and told them to follow him to the caves of Ashkelon and to wait outside the caves. When they hear one whistle from him, they should put on the raincoats. And when they hear a second whistle from him, they should burst into the cave and each one grab a witch and carry her out of the cave to a place that Shimon ben Shattach had prepared. The students naturally followed his directions and Shimon ben Shattach Knocked at, the, knocked at the door to the cave and told the witches, wake up and open the door that one of your colleagues is here. And they asked, how could you come on such a rainy day? And he said, I'm a great magician like you. Allow me in. And they asked, what did you come here for? And he said, you show me your tricks and I'll teach you mine. The witches allowed Rimshim ben Shatachin and proceeded to show some of their witchcraft. 
one of them made bread appear out of nowhere. Another made wine appear out of nowhere. And still others prepared all the other ingredients for a, for a lavish feast. After finishing their their acts, they asked Rabbi Shimon ben Shatach to show his. What witchcraft can you do? And he said, as you can see, it's raining very hard. He said, but I am able to make 80 people appear with dry raincoats. And if I whistle, I can make them appear right over here in the cave. So the witches said, okay, and they opened up the door. So Rabbi Shimon ben Shatach whistled once, and the students, of course, put on their raincoats. He whistled twice, and each one came in and grabbed one of the witches and carried them away. And they were all carried away to a gallows to be hung, as Rabbi Shimon ben Shatach had prepared 80 sets of gallows upon which to hang these witches, since he knew of their existence before, and executed all 80 of them in one day. As the Talmud says, normally we are not allowed to execute more than one in a day. But since witchcraft was so widespread, and to prevent it from spreading further, Reb Shem Ben Shaddach executed all 80 in one day. And naturally became exempt from the punishment he was due to receive for allowing the witches to live. The last two commandments of today's portion deal with another punishment inflicted by the Jewish court, the penalty of malchus or lashes. Positive commandment 224 is to inflict lashes upon a violator who has, vi who has violated certain commandments of the Torah. As the Rambam refers us to the negative commandments, where in each particular prohibition he indicates which ones deserve which penalty, and thereby indicates when lashes are incurred for violation of a specific prohibition. This general commandment to give out lashes is derived from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 2 which states that the judge should make the person bend down and he should give the person lashes while the details of exactly how to give lashes are described and when the lashes are incurred are described and in a complete tractate devoted to this topic the tractate of lashes the Rambam gives a few details here and more in his legal code. The lashes are given with a kind of belt or a strap, which is the width of a hand, a hand breadth in width, and it is doubled over into four sections. There are two straps, each one folded in half, so there are a total of four layers of leather, of calves leather, which are used for this strap. And it reaches the entire front of the person, that when he is being whipped in the front of his body, it should reach all the way down to his navel. Sometimes he is lashed in the front, and sometimes in the back. The numbers, the number of lashes, specifically relates to the next commandment. But in general, the Torah says, Bemispar arboyim, that a number coming close to 40, which means 39 lashes, a third of, width of which are given in the front of a person, in the middle of the chest, a third which are given on the back, on the right shoulder, and another third, the final third, on the back of the left shoulder. In general, any biblical violation which involves a certain act it, it incurs the penalty of lashes. 
However, there are many regulations which the Rambam discusses in his legal code about exemptions when a person does not get lashes. As we have also mentioned in the prohibitions as we have go been going along in Sefer HaMitzvahs, the Rambam usually mentions reasons as to why lashes are not incurred for certain prohibitions, such as that when there is a remedial positive commandment, one does not incur lashes for violating the prohibition. The final commandment of today's shir is prohibition number 300. And this is the prohibition against adding on to the number of lashes after the judges have determined the number. The Rambam quotes the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 25, verses 2 and 3, which state that the person who has been determined guilty of certain crimes, which are punishable by lashes, should be lashed, according, literally according to his wickedness in number, you should flash him, flog him 40 times and do not add on to it. And as the Ramam explains, Kedei means not only according to his wickedness, but according to his ability to accept the lashes. That we are forbidden, according to this prohibition 300, upon inflicting lashes upon him, should it cause permanent damage. The maximum we could give him is 39. As we explained, Bimisparar Boim means a number approximating 40, meaning 39. But that is only if the person is capable of withstanding such, uh, such a large punishment. We must investigate his personal strength, we look at his age, his temperament, and his physical, his physique, to see whether he is capable of withstanding such punishment. Should he be physically capable, then he gets the full 39 lashes. Should he not, then the judges must estimate how much he is capable of withstanding and order that that amount must be given. However, as the, as the Ramam explains here, the minimum he can be given is three lashes. And so too, any additional ones over three, the Ramam explains in his legal code, must be in multiples of three. Therefore, they could give him three, six, nine, twelve, and so on, up to thirty-nine. Should they determine that the person can withstand, for example, five lashes, they cannot give him five, they must give him either six or three. And since they estimated he can only withstand five, they must give him three, since they cannot add on to the number which has been determined. Should they add on even one, they are violating this biblical prohibition. As the Rambam brings out from the Sifri, which states clearly that if they add on one lash, they are, the one who does the lashing is violating a biblical prohibition. However, the Sifri asks, this would seem to be only someone who adds onto the maximum number. Let's say the judges have estimated that he can withstand only a smaller number, such as six, and he adds on and gives seven. How do we know that this is also a biblical prohibition? And the Sifri answers that the verse states twice, Le'yaisif and Pen'yaisif, showing that there are two separate prohibitions, one to add on to the maximum, and one to add on even to the number determined by the judges. The Rambam then explains that this law includes within it other other prohibitions as well. For example, the Rambam brings out that we are forbidden, because of this mitzvah, we are forbidden from striking any other person. Not only someone who deserves lashes, the Rambam says if the person already deserves lashes, and you have a strict biblical prohibition against striking him one extra time, then even more so a person that does not deserve lashes, certainly you are forbidden from striking him. And the Rambam brings out further 
that our sages say that even someone who lifts his hand against another, even without hitting him, once he lifts up his hand, he is immediately called a rasha, is called wicked. As we see in the story in the book of Exodus, that Meshur Rabbeinu saw one Jew lifting up his hand against another, and he said, He said to the wicked one, Why are you hitting your friend? And the Gemara explains that he had not even yet hit him. But the mere fact that he lifted up his hand against another already indicates that he is a Russia. He is already called wicked merely by lifting up his hand. Much significance is attributed in the commentaries to the idea of the 40 lashes. The Ramban Nachmanides in Chumash, for example, says that the 40 come to correspond to the 40 days which take in order to create a person. As the Talmud says that the, the fetus really begins to take its shape and attains a human status after fully after 40 days has passed. And so too the Torah was given after Moses was on the mountain for 40 days. Since this person has violated the Torah, he is in a way violated not only the Torah but the cause of his own existence since he was created in order to fulfill the Torah. Since the Torah corresponds to 40 days, and his creation corresponds to 40 days, let him get 40 lashes, says the Ramban, and this will serve as an atonement for this which he has ruined through his unwise and, and sinful actions. The Zayir, in fact, says that the Mabul, the flood which came to the world for 40 days, was also a type of atonement that Hashem did in order to cleanse the world. Not as a punishment per se, but as all punishments in the Torah are meant to improve the person and bring them to a higher standard of behavior. As the Chumash concludes that after he is lashed, the person is called his, uh, our brother. That since he has now been cleansed, he is now on, our own, on a level of any other kosher Jew, he is now a brother.